0: Welcome to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Your hosts are Sarah Karkner and Sheila Turner. This program is based on practical life enhancing tools to shift your energy, mixed in with great stories, lots of laughs, and wisdom to help you feel more confident and ignite your full potential. Now, here's Sarah and Sheila.
1: Hello, it's Sarah and Sheila here today, and we are excited to talk to you. We are going to talk about major issues we fierce, fabulous women are facing, from safety to fashion, sexism to patriarchy, equality to respect, sorry, not sorry, girls for the world. We have so many things to talk about today. We only have an hour. So let's just dive right on in. The first thing I would like to talk about is chubby mannequins. What's up? What is going on (laughs) with this whole issue? about having a larger size voluptuous mannequin. I love it. I embrace it. I think it's amazing. I like to see it. I would like to see more of it. So what is the
2: problem? Sheila, what do you think? I don't understand what the problem is either. It seems like in this world when we're including everyone and there's this sense of inclusion. I mean, even Sports Illustrated jumped on the plus size model bandwagon. So Nike just released plus-size mannequins for their new line, the Women by Nike. And they did that in London. And a lot of people were really excited about it and cheered for it. But then it got so much hate as well because people felt that, these haters felt that it was giving the wrong message to heavier women who are out of shape and that they're not going to be running in their athletic wear. They'll just be wearing it. And and I think...
1: You were saying that people who haters haters gonna hate, Lakers gonna like. And why is it people feel the need to even say anything? First of all, why is it that it's like a fear-based thing? What does it come down to? So what? So what if people decide that they're not going to work out in Nike clothes? I mean, I think it's a message, and it comes from people's you know belief system, really. And so, what is that belief system that they have that you can only be perfection in order to wear something like Nike gear? You know, I think it's just, it's unfortunate because I think people make decisions from a place of fear and where they're at instead of a place where it could be and sending the energy out to, hey, well, maybe the intention here is to help those people feel accepted and motivated. And if we all put our energy towards that, that will grow. But these haters put their energy towards the negativity and it just really breaks things down
2: and doesn't create change. Well, let's face it. The average American woman is five foot three. And weighs 168 pounds. So, they're not walking around in these tiny little skinny Nike gear. Anyway, it's reality. So, I don't know why there are all these haters out there. The average woman wears a size 16. So, this is very realistic for Nike to develop these mannequins and make it more relatable to the average American woman. Absolutely. And I wonder what the
1: haters feel like they're going to accomplish. Any haters out there, we would love for you to chime <laughs> on in and let us know
2: what you think it accomplishes when you're um, bringing people down. Well, one and- of the haters actually wrote an article in The Guardian newspaper, and it was entitled, Obese mannequins are selling women a dangerous lie. Believe that the more typical mannequin is actually promoting obesity. And the article read and this is straight from the article, the fat acceptance movement, which says that any weight is healthy if it is yours, is no friend to women. Even if it does seem to have found a friend in Nike, it may instead kill them. And that is rather worse than feeling sad.
1: Well, and what I think is interesting about that is if you look at the regular, let's say regular mannequins, that's not realistic. That is completely unrealistic. And so has that contributed to the anorexia and bulimia epidemic that we have? So I really think people need to start taking responsibility for where they're choosing to pay attention and choosing their thoughts. Like you can choose a thought of empowerment or you can choose a thought of destruction. And these people are choosing to think that. So it is where you put the intention. And why don't we just put the intention that like, hey, you can get to that healthy space too. If you and in fact, if you actually accept where you're at, you are more likely to make the changes you need to become healthier. That's like a coaching thing. You know, you instead of wasting all the time degrading yourself and feeling shame or sadness like what that person was talking about feeling sad, you're actually like, okay, I accept who I am. Now that I've accepted myself, I can make some changes. And that actually provides an inertia to change. So people just got to start educating themselves a little bit more about how change is actually created, I think. And I don't think society does that. People like, they're addicted and they like that feeling, that dopamine rush that you get from from hate and from anger and from putting things
2: out there that you really don't know much about. And one Um, other aspect of educating yourself is realizing that a person's weight does not equal health, that there are plenty of people who will fit into the size two little Nike Pants who are very unhealthy, who lead unhealthy lifestyles, yet there are some people who fit into size 14 or 16 who are a whole lot healthier than the size 2. It's not equated to your health. And I think that is an excellent point
1: that you just made. And people need to start looking a little deeper. I'm sick of this superficial depth that society has, get to know people, get to know what's really going on. And I think people would, if if you do that, if you seek to understand before just jumping to conclusions, your whole world changes. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think that if we were really to look at what the statistics are regarding that, there's a lot of unhealthy skinny people, like you said, and a lot healthier, say, you know, unskinny people, if we're going to talk about it in that way. Mm-hmm. So a really good
2: point. It sparked this huge Twitter Debate, And it was just going back and forth and back and forth. And there was a tweet by The Telegraph that said the new mannequin is obese and she's not readying herself for a run in her shiny Nike gear. She cannot run. She is more likely pre-diabetic and on her way to a hip replacement. What a terrible cynicism is this on the part of Nike in which... Again, you know, another firestorm with a tweet saying, wow, nice job. I look like that Nike mannequin, and I've done a 10K, a half, and a marathon this year, and there's another 10K and a half coming up. If you think these obese women can't run, you've clearly been living under a rock. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think, too, I mean, really, I saw the mannequin. I wouldn't consider that obese either. Full figure. Big boned. You know, so I think, and I think throwing out the words like obese, It's just, um, it's jumping, it's pendulum swinging. You know what I mean? We pendulum swing. And I hope we find a balance at some point because we pendulum swing from this super skinny mannequin who is unrealistic, the regular mannequins that we normally see. And then they decide to put out this little bit bigger mannequin um, who I don't even think is that obese or that large. And we divide. That's what our nation, we polarize all the time. With politics, we polarize. Men versus women, we're polarizing. Fashion, we're polarizing. Um, So how do you come to that middle ground where we say, okay, some people are very thin and unhealthy or thin and they're really healthy. Some people are bigger and they're unhealthy or they're healthy, you know, and try to seek to understand that and set the intention, set the goal. What, what kind of society do we want to be? We do want to be an inclusive society because if we're an inclusive society and people feel comfortable and more able to live their authenticity and live with a purpose then the whole society is going to be better and people will be more likely to make positive changes in their life. It's this division and this hate and divisiveness that bring people down. And then the people are going and grabbing the Ben and Jerry's, you know, quarter ice cream because they're feeling bad about themselves because they're not supported. So there's a whole psyche underneath the underbelly of just this thing, such as a mannequin, the psyche of our, of our, you know, humanity and collective consciousness of, of people and the division that then does go into politics, that then does go into arts and entertainment, that goes into science, that
2: goes into everything is this underpinning. Yeah, you worry about you and I'll worry about me. We talked about that in a previous episode of just just worry about yourself. Worry about your own health. Worry about your own. But just I feel like just as though we're taking steps forward, we're just getting those two steps back again. You know, we finally walk be able to walk into a store as a larger female seeing this mannequin that's relatable, and then you get bashed for it. It just doesn't make sense today. Well, I think that's because,
1: again, people are living from that place of fear. and People don't like when people step into their personal power. So It makes some people who are living an elevated life or a a higher um, conscious living, it makes them afraid because then they have to face their truth, and they have to face some of the hard things about why they believe what they like believe. And sometimes people don't want to look at that. And it's unfortunate because you only grow and you only get out of your life what you're going to put in. And so if you put in some reflection exploration, the dividends are amazing, but a lot of people don't want to do that. They'd rather stay in their bubble of hate because it's comfortable. And I think that goes to point out that more people who think from love and think from understanding that sets an inertia, it's a universal law. It's a law that if you do that, that's gonna come back more abundantly to you. So those people who are looking at it so negatively, they, they, I feel bad for them because they, they have, they attract negativity into their lives. So that's why they're looking at that lens. They're looking through that lens of negativity and because they are, they're getting more of that negativity. So really we just have to learn to like not give those people mind, focus on the positive so eventually those people diminish.
2: That's but we true. feed into it.
1: We feed into it a little bit too much.
2: And it's the squeaky wheel, too, theory. You know, like somebody tweets, somebody does a mean tweet, and then it goes viral from there. You know, if you do a nice tweet about Nike's mannequins, it's not going viral. Right. So it's really for attention. Absolutely. We like the drama. Society likes the drama. I mean, look at the TV shows we have on.
1: Speaking of you know, which like <laughs> we talked about, we talked a little bit about the right, and even Kelly Ripa had gotten you know in trouble a little bit for her saying she doesn't like that show because you know it's all these women vying for one man and what kind of message does that send? And then evidently the network got upset with her because they were like, "This is you know we, we provide your paycheck, so you know." But this it's just an opinion of of somebody who feels a certain way, and that's okay. And I think really it boils down to a divisiveness that you can actually disagree with somebody and it can be all right. And I think that's the other huge thing that is a problem in our society is that we feel like to disagree on something means you can't like a person. You can really enjoy somebody and disagree and it be okay. And that's what we need to practice more as a society practice differences and having differences. Okay. You have that opinion. You don't like the chubby mannequin. Then don't shop at Nike. That's okay. I love it. And I'm going to prance around and probably like, you know, hug people (laughs) (laughs) because I love
2: it so much. Yeah. It's more about how you feel and how you treat the world, like you said, and how it comes back to you. And Sarah, I want to ask you a question. How old do you feel? You don't have to tell everyone how old you actually are, but I just, I'm just curious.
1: That's a great question. Well, let
2: me
1: me tell you an example, this weekend, this past weekend, I actually had some time at home. You know, I'm usually very busy bouncing around. I was gonna do my nails. I turned on the TV and I was watching Trolls, the movie. And I realized I'm watching Trolls a little like cartoon movie. Nobody else is there. My daughter's on nobody else is home except for me watching Trolls. And I'm so <laughs> that, that's happy. like a sequel of the Smurfs. That's just like graduated. Yeah, I you love just graduated Smurf, up from the Smurfs. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. and I'm like so relating to the main character in Trolls, I can't even tell you. And then I had a commercial, and it was like Boss Babies on afterward, and I was like, I'm in heaven. So how old am I? I'm definitely 12. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's an accurate age. Um, No, but how old do I feel? I I
2: definitely feel younger than I am. Um, How old do you feel? I absolutely feel younger than I am. I refuse to admit that I'm as old as I am. Age, actually, the number doesn't bother me at all. Because it's more of how I feel and how I act and how I think. I think our generation and even the boomer generation is experiencing this shift in what we, what used to be considered old doesn't feel that way. When you get to that number, you're like, wait a minute. When I was a teenager, 50 was like ancient. Yeah, that's true. 60, you were, you know, ready to retire and, you know, putting in your rollers for the night, you know. Right. Getting your roller set it's called That's what it's called. <laughs> a roller set you're getting your roller set put in once a week so whereas now you know my mother is just defying all of that she's like the hippest nana ever the kids love she is boom 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 let's move let's move and she's so young and I would say she probably feels at least 20 years younger than she is
1: absolutely and I think that may be one of the and we'll get to this a little later but one of the positive things about media with the way things look because it is like this expectation of being younger you are seeing more people active you are seeing more uh people embrace youth a little bit more as they're getting older now I think it's it also has the negative aspects because I think when it comes to looks and things, in fact, driving here to do the podcast, I was talking to a friend and we were talking about boob jobs and getting boob jobs because we had kids and they breastfed. And then, you know, your boons, boobs are like deflated balloons and, you know, and that expectation of having to still look youthful as we age. So there's one kind of negative side to the expectation of like Christy Brinkley. I mean, Oh, she's phenomenal. You're like, are you cryogenically frozen? Like, what's up with that? Like, what did she do? And let me know. And I'll just do the same thing. And then also, but the great part of it is also feeling like, wow, I have so much more of my life to live. I'm not hanging up the towel yet. Whereas like you said, if you look at maybe when we were growing up and looked at our relatives, it was like, they're putting Bengay on, they're going to bed at seven o'clock, you know, eating at four o'clock, you know, and it's just by age 60, it was, it was definitely a totally different thing than now. People are climbing mountains. People are flying everywhere. You know, STDs are up in old folks' homes oh because they're goodness. all getting it on. Stop. Let's get it on. <laughs> hey, God bless I want. I want to be getting it on when I'm all in my 80s. <laughs> yeah, so
2: that's I'm the sh- way you feel. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. Um, yes, well, so. We're gonna segue from that one. <laughs> it's it is estimated people do tend to feel about twenty percent younger than they are, and that's mentally. Like you said, the physical thing that's another whole aspect of it. I was thinking of a friend of mine who told me that um, she's very active. She's a runner and she's a mom and she's works full time. She said. Um, the one time she came around the corner in her car, like, you know, when you're walking outside of your car and the sun is reflecting on your windows and you can really see your reflection. Yeah. She said, my face looks like a Trisket. <laughs> <laughs> With all the lines in it. Oh, and she my doesn't God. care. She just noticed that her face looked like yes. a Trisket. So now every time I come around the car, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm looking like a Trisket myself. <laughs> And you got to do a little something so you look more like a Ritz cracker. Nah, I'm not really interested in doing anything to no, that's uh, fix good. my. Embrace it, girl. Oh, I
1: embrace the lines. Yes. The trisket.
2: Embrace the trisket Or the parentheses. They call them the smile lines. Parentheses. You know, they're parentheses. Yeah. It means you smile. But that is the dichotomy. And that's something women definitely have to face. And
1: that is the fact that, like, is it. Anti-aging? Is it pro-aging? Like, what are, what are we doing? Are we anti-aging? Are we pro-aging? Like, how are, how are you going to find that balance between what works for you? You know, this whole new thing about um, going gray and embracing the, the going gray. I mean, that in itself has gotten a huge amount of publicity for people just deciding not to dye their hair. And some people being like, that's horrible. You need to do whatever you can in order to make yourself look young.
2: And then people being like, but this is who I really am. And I'm going to own it. I have a few friends who've done that, who've gone gray. And it's awesome. It just, they look so natural. And it's their choice. I mean, yeah, they did get pushed back. Both of them got pushed back for doing it. But it's, you know, a year out now. And it's just so natural and normal. And they're so much happier not having to maintain that. They're taking a thousand bucks and they're going on vacation that they would normally have to dye their hair every
1: month. Probably even more, actually, if you think about it. Right. More than that. So they're saving the money.
2: I don't know if I'm going gray yet. I think I got a few more years. Oh, you're lucky.
1: <laughs> well, I just came from the hairdresser. I'm like, it's it's you know, it takes a lot of money to be a natural beauty,
2: <laughs> so they say. I'll never tell. Right. Well, there was bye. this um this blogger Mary Catherine Backstrom who recently was she's a breast cancer survivor. She had a double mastectomy. She was ended up spending a lot of time in her plastic surgeon's office and noticing all of these you know little. Pamphlets and brochures about erasing parentheses, and her post went viral recently about it. Uh, she wrote this long, long post about it, but at the end of the day, she really decided that she's here enjoying her life. She's got her crow's feet, Franken boobs, and smile yeah. lines, and cottage cheese thighs. She's 185 pounds, size 14, and 35 year old. 35 years old, but those numbers don't matter. Yeah. So- I think you could take a page out of that blog? So check out that blog to Mary Catherine Backstrom. She's really cool and has a lot of great things to say about body image. I love it. Oh. Mm-hmm. So we are going to take a quick commercial break, but before we do, make sure you are following us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram at Fab Empowers, hashtag at Gab with Fab, and hashtag Fab Empowers, so that you know that we are listening so that we know you're listening. Also visit our website, fabempowers.com, to get your free gift, latest updates, and join our tribe of fabulous women. We will be right back. Come on back.
0: We don't follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel.
3: Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with Key Influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science, to entertainment, music, and literature... Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
4: Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern
2: on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's Not Just Talk Radio, hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero, inspiring, problem-solving, and informing, packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Life from Flat to Fabulous with your hosts, Sheila and Sarah. Got a question or a comment about the show? We are right here by email at info at fab-women.com. That's info at fab-women.com. Now back to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Hello, it's Sarah and Sheila here. We are talking hot topics for women
1: these days. We've covered quite a lot of ground already. Talking about Triscuit faces when you walk across, like walk across your reflection, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I feel like I'm 16, and then you kind of look and you see all those wrinkles and things like that, and just embracing who you are. Sir Mix-a-Lot says, according to him, 36, 24, 36, ow, is ideal. But you know what? Most people are 5'3 and 168 pounds is the average, so Sir so a lot has got a lot to learn, Sir so Mixed-A-Lot, and we want you to call in today. If you have things you want to talk about, please call in to 866-472-5794. Again, that's 866-472-5794, so we can hear what you're thinking. We want to know your thoughts, Fab family. Let us know what you want to talk about, but right now, I think we do have somebody who called in. I believe Kathy is on the line. Kathy, are you there?
3: Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Kathy, how are you? Hello, ladies.
1: Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling into the Fab family. What's on your mind today? What are you hey, thinking I'm about? Just
3: listen- I'm just listening to your uh, comments about the uh, Triscuit face and uh, <laughs> the, the how you look. Everybody worried about how you look. And I'm just wondering, you know, what? how do you change that? How do you get people? People need to look at that, be happy for the fact that they're here, if they're 60 and up, instead of worrying about what they look like, and what's, you know, with society, everybody's so worried about, you know, oh, you got to dye your hair, you got to get the fillers, you got to do all that, how about living your life, you know, so, (laughs) I love that, my thing is, like, live your life, forget it, like, my, my motto is, walk out the door, look in the mirror, don't look in the mirror again, go how you feel. (laughs) (laughs) Just go with how you feel, not how you look.
1: Well, and I think it sounds like you're a very joyful person. So it sounds like it's working for you just to say, make it. And it sounds like you just made the decision. You made the decision that this is how you're going to live your life. You're going to go. And it sounds like really living a life from gratitude. Being grateful is like your main thing. And then, like you said, you just leave and you don't look in the mirror and you just go out and you're grateful that, you know, you're the age you are. So I think that is great for our listeners to hear. Just make the decision. And go live yeah, like I, that.
3: I just think, like, I don't know what you guys think with social media and younger kids. I think everybody's so worried about how they look and, instead of how they feel. And I, I don't yes, know how okay. the heck you change that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Kathy, was there a point that you made that decision consciously? Or do you feel like you've always thought that way? My life? Yeah, you know, was there a point in time when you just reached the point where you said, I don't care, it doesn't matter, I'm just here to live my life and be happy?
3: Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I tried to always be like that, and I, I was one of those, like, in the stream of things, younger, trying to, you know, have my kids do this, and have me do this, and have the perfect outfit, and the perfect this, and perfect house, and fit all in. And then, slowly, life happened, and I lost a lot of people. You know that wow. aren't here yeah. to look at the feats on their face and the triscuits and the, you know a lot of people are gone, and I just got to the realization that my goal is to try and make people feel happy and be positive. My mother, unfortunately, was very negative. She she ended up leaving this this world in a very sad place because she just didn't bother being positive and I felt like that that kind of turned around like hey you gotta be positive, you gotta live your life for here, you're here. I have people that never even made it to thirty three or never even made it to ten.
1: Yeah. I mean I think and you I, said a really great thing which is, you know, do you want to look back at your life? Do you want to be like that grumpy person? who is sitting there on their deathbed and is just miserable, or do you want to do the things you need to do to become a happy, joyful person? And part of that is making the decision, having an attitude of gratitude, focusing on the positive instead of the negative. And it sounds like you're just really modeling that. And in in doing that, modeling that, that has a butterfly effect. I mean, I think that's one of the ways you change it. You just model it and show it. And then people hopefully... um, are smart enough to, like, observe that and see, wow, that works for that person. Let me try to adapt some of those behaviors and, and yeah, sharing that. Like,
3: I think it's hard. I think it's hard. I say it to a lot of pe- young people out there, a lot of moms out there, and they kind of look at me like, oh, I can't do that because so-and-so is watching me, or, they're, you know, I just can't do it. And it's like... I- you got it. You got to be f- it about yourself and about trying to be happy with somebody else because you can't change what's going to happen. You can change the outlook, you know. You can't change what's happening, but you can change how you interpret what's happening.
0: Oh, you're on something. So if you, you are very there.
3: negative every time somebody mentions something and be like a Debbie Downer, then fine, you live your life like a Debbie Downer, but you're not going to live a long life or a happy life.
1: <laughs> that That's true. And I think you make a good point, too, talking about those people that, you know, are they willing just to risk a little of trying it? Like when they're like, oh, well, that person will think that. Well, why don't you just try and see if that is actually the end result? Because a lot of times the result is not what you think it's going to be. You have this kind of people do have a thing called the spotlight effect where they think everything that they do is like highlighted. Everybody's watching it and looking at it. And usually people are going on living their busy lives and they have so much happening that people really aren't taking note. And I always say that the people who matter won't mind and the people who mind don't matter. You know, the people who are going to be like, oh, my goodness, that person did that. Do you really want them in your life anyway? Um, Well,
3: yeah, at the age I'm at, and a lot of people can relate to me, the people that I hang out with that say, you know, that's what matters. You know, your family, your life, that's what matters, not all the other pieces, you know, people and get it, so caught up in the other pieces, and everything they do, they watch from a lens of everybody looking at them. But then that's—it's very shallow, and it's—it can be very saddening because if you try and get satisfaction from other people all the time, then you just—you end up—you end up getting hurt. You end up getting—you know—just it, it never works because
1: you yeah. have to be happy. I can't get be. You have to be no. Up satisfaction. You can't get the satisfaction. You can't get satisfaction looking out. And I feel like that's a fundamental law. And I'm, I'm really not sure why people don't get that because it just seems that that's just, people do talk about it, like needing depth and looking at yourself and, and living authenticity. And people say they want that, but then they don't seem to take the time to actually practice it or contemplate it and bring it into their lives. And I'm Definitely. not sure, like, even the Kardashians, like, you look at them, they're but they're gone. miserable, half of them. Sure, they have all this great stuff, and everybody wants to watch them. They're, like, a fun train wreck to watch, but they're miserable people.
3: Well, you can put an example of all the people who we've now lost, the people, the, the suicide rate, the people that you, you guys yes. think, everyone in the world thinks they're awesome, and they, and, and they don't think they're awesome, and they're gone because they don't think they're awesome. So what good did that do? nothing.
1: Right, and and I think it just pops in my head that what you're saying, like all those people, and, and we touch upon those things, but meaning, you know, that happens and it's sad and then, you know, the news talks about it for a little while, but there isn't a lot of things, I mean, this is why Fab is here, to try to change this and there's a couple other, obviously, things that are trying to change it, but I would love to see, you know, it's my goal to see a future where deep discussions like this and spiritual cinema circles and things like, you know, the soul circles and stuff that that is the main thing that everybody's watching and excited about and wants to learn about because that's a priority for our society not the superficial but the more in-depth things
3: i know but you got to push that forward so you have people like i know bishop shanahan had this um women's i don't know if to have it anymore they had a women's day and a woman came and spoke and it was all about gratitude and getting to know yourself and it, and it was awesome and we always used to we would go the moms, and we come out of there, and it was just, it was like going to church on Sunday, on Christmas, and listening to the carol. It's just that you had a crazy just feel-good thing. And, you taught, and, and people, it was just such an awesome event. But then people do those events and do those things. They need more of those type of things because it makes right. you feel good, and you stop looking, like, look in yourself or look what you did. Like, look at your kids or whatever you did, your job. And take satisfaction from that because that's I love something it. you did and put into yourself. So yeah. So well, thank I think, you yeah. so much. I thank you, yeah, Kathy. Thank you for calling. You know what? I, I want to. This was so
1: great. We appreciate you calling in, and I want to challenge our audience. So, you know, Kathy was saying that. What do you do, and how can you bring this? Like you know, I think each of us, if we focus on you know, what can I do to bring some gratitude to bring these things into the world? Um, So I want everybody out there listening, think about what, what do you do to contribute to that for yourself? First of all, what do you do in order to make yourself, you know, feel positive and practice gratitude and things like that? But are there things you could do out there? Can you pay it forward? Can you maybe have an event? Can you maybe create something out there with the special gifts you have in order to shift and make the society something that goes a little deeper and that depth is more rewarding? So we
2: appreciate you coming on, Kathy. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Um, I truly believe, like Kathy was saying about perspective, is she lost people. She watched people pass away who didn't have the opportunity to live. And I really do believe that that, that along with some really healthy modeling, either as, you know, through your youth will help to give you perspective. And those folks that I know, and even me personally has that experience. Uh, my late husband died when he was 37 years old uh, from brain cancer. And He always said, (laughs) from the time he was diagnosed until the time he died, every birthday was a celebration. And he said, I'm celebrating them while I got them. And that sticks with me and will always stick with me. I don't mind getting older because it's another year on this earth with people that I love. So, but that perspective isn't always, you know, that's really hard to gain unless you've lost.
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying for sure. I do think people take it for granted. But I also think that that could be something to practice because I do believe the same thing every day. Sometimes I just spend time like being like, wow, like I'm so lucky to be breathing or I'll go for a walk with my dog often and I'll say, I'm so lucky that I can do this. I can walk and I'm lucky that I can go for a run if I want to go for a run because a lot of people can't Um, and reframing that. But ultimately the fact that, yeah, you're, you're on earth here. And, Mm -hmm. and that is a gift and just having that kind of mantra and thinking about that more often, I think, is is really important. Now, we have someone who um, emailed in and they said, uh, from Sandra, women, how do we as women help each other let go of pain, heartache, suffering, and negative emotions? How to know if people are sincerely there to lift you up and not just want to hear your story to pull you down? Mm. And that's that's a big one. So, basically, we are here on the earth especially like fab we're here to help lift each other up that's one of our missions um, but some people are there and they do want to bring you down there is something that people who are negative like to be surrounded by people who are negative and really it's energy everything is energy um, they've scientifically proven this so we all resonate at certain energies and I'm sure audience you probably experienced, you know someone can walk in a room and the energy can drop or someone can walk in a room and the energy can elate and it can lift people up. So if everything is indeed energy, like energy attracts like, you know, and they talk about opposites tracking, but really the, the energies work such that, you know, you see somebody and if somebody is resonating at a very different negative energy from you, you're not going to be attracted to that. So I think when it comes to people wanting to bring you down, you got to listen to your gut. You got to listen to your gut feeling about people. And once you find that out, I think we get lost in feeling bad about it or sorry about it or second guessing. And it doesn't mean you have to be mean again, people can be different and accepting, but just saying to yourself, okay, that person, you know, seems like they want to bring me down to their level and I choose not to go there and Mm -hmm. kindly and respectfully saying, all right, you know, this is where you're at in your life path, but I'm at a different spot and I'm going to go in a different direction. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with choosing to pivot in a different direction if you feel someone's bringing you
2: down. Right. And your true friends, you'll notice, will be the ones who are there for you who let you vent and they let you talk and they don't tell you what to do or how to do it or what you should do. They let you talk. And that's a true friend to help pull you through a situation. You're going to have those friends. You're going to have people who come in just for the show because there's drama in your life and they're going to want to be there for the show so that they can report or they could say that they knew you or they knew you through this. And and then there's people who will stand there and tell you what to do and what you should do, who aren't really taking your feelings into account and they're just responding as though it were happening to them. Right. I feel like there's three different sets, I believe, of people. And I also think, though, that doesn't mean that
1: some people can't rise to a challenge, but you have to be clear mm-hmm. with the expectation and saying, hey, you know, the, we had this situation. I didn't feel like you were listening to me or, you know, because people don't even know that they're what their behaviors are like or the uh, are like and the effect that it has on other people. So I think it's kind of like um you know, multi-dimensional where you have to say, okay, you know, I do think there's a lot of great qualities about this person. They're not being the kind of friend I need them to be. This is in having that discussion because people don't discuss it enough. Like everybody is afraid. It doesn't mean it has to be confrontation, but Hey, you know, this is, this would really help me. When I talk to you about certain things, I need you to just, you know, focus on this for a few moments. And then I'd love to hear what's going on with you, but can I just talk about this? And, and then if the person can rise to that challenge, you know, that they're your friend, if they can't, then maybe you want to focus your energy elsewhere. But I do think people need to start having more discussions and exchanges about what the expectations are for friendship because there's nothing wrong with that. Like people aren't mind readers, people do come from very different backgrounds. And the more we can seek to understand, like I said in the beginning segment, the better life is going to be for everybody. And that's how you work through it. And that's how you help support each other saying, hey, how do I help you? I want to know who you are. How do I best help you? Because it might not be the same way that I need to be helped. And we're only thinking from our own frame of mind. And how amazing is that when you can open up that scope of your frame to be so large and so wide. And it's okay for that because you're learning and you're growing. And it's an exciting thing to be able to do that. Too many people, it doesn't mean that you're, less than or don't have a large amount of value it means you're just learning about differences we're so vastly different in this world that for us to think everybody's got to look th- through things at the same filter is just silliness
2: it adds women i think that we can help to go back to sandra's question to let go of each other's pain and heartache is just be there and be there and provide a space a safe space for the pain and the heartache and to become a true friend who truly just listens and genuinely wants to be there. I think that's how we can help each other.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that. Creating the safe space. That's really important. And how do you create a safe space? You know, you sit, you listen, you ask, or you don't ask if they're like, you know, I just need you. What do you need from me?
2: What can I do to help you? How do I help you? And that's it. How do I help you through this? Right. Not offering your advice or anyone else's advice. It's just simply letting your friend get through their pain with you by their side.
1: And if they want your advice, they'll tell you. Say, do you want my sure. advice? And, and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think that's really important. This is great. We had a great call from Kathy. We appreciated her call in. And Sandra, we so appreciate you sharing um, you know, your
2: questions with us as well. We're going to be back for more after this quick commercial break. But before we go, make sure you are following us on social media at Fab Empowers. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Also visit our website, fabempowers.com, to get your free gift, the latest updates, and to join our tribe of fabulous women with our monthly membership. And if you want to call in, it's
1: 866-472-5794. Again, that's 866-472-5794. We want to hear from you, Fab Family. We will be right
4: back.
0: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a safe, healing environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
4: channel.
0: Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Life from Flat to Fabulous with your hosts, Sheila and Sarah. Got a question or a comment about the show? We are right here by email at info at fab-women.com. That's info at fab-women.com. Now back to Life from Flat to Fabulous.
1: Hello, it's Sarah and Sheila here, and we are talking women's topics today. We're talking about chubby mannequins. We are talking about growing old Being optional, but, oh, excuse me, growing old, being mandatory, but growing up is optional. And how do we feel about that? And the pull, the divide between, you know, wanting to look young and this youth obsession that people have, but then also embracing who you are and just keeping it real and keeping it authentic. We talked about just the decision to say to yourself, I'm going to live a positive life. I'm going to live a life coming from gratitude. Because when you are older and you're looking back at your entire life and you're on your deathbed, do you want to look back and think, wow, I really didn't live the width of my life. I just lived the length of it. Or do you want to just fully embrace everything that life has to offer? So we've had some great things going on. And we are going to do this last segment about something that I am very passionate about. And that is the lack of respect for caregiving. That women face—it's a big—it's a big issue. Sheila, what do you think about
2: that? I know Sheila thinks a lot about it. That's a it. really loaded question. I really, honestly, could write an entire book on that. Given my experience, of course, of being a caregiver for a very long time, it's really is an untapped topic and one that needs to be explored a lot more and appreciated a lot more, especially when you're the when you are the let's say the person with the illness, all the attention from family, from friends, automatically goes to that person. And that's understandable. That's normal and natural. The person left behind to care, organize, and kind of keep it all together is very oftentimes ignored or just not even bothered with. They're just taking care of business because all the focus is on the patient. That can get extremely tiring and stressful uh, just, uh, it can become so, so difficult and really wear you down. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's interesting that, um,
1: today I talked to a friend of mine whose mother is unfortunately in the hospital. She's really not doing well. And she said that her mother has been caregiving for her stepfather, who is significantly older than the mother for many years. And it's been extremely difficult. And he has, um, you know, lived on, he's been giving a lot of chances of life and her mother's very sick. And there is a, uh, it, the diagnosis is not look, looking good. Prospects aren't looking good. And she said, you know, I feel like she was spending so long caregiving for other people that she didn't embrace her life. You know, she wasn't able to go travel. She didn't do the things she wanted to do in caregiving for these other people. And then now that she is ill, she probably, I'm sure, um, you know, my friend feels a lot of conflicted emotions about it. But as a caregiver, you're always trying to be strong. and, like you said, people are focusing on the other people. And then what happens when you start to when you start to kind of need help yourself?
2: There's not a lot of resources available for caregivers. And a lot of times caregivers will feel selfish in asking for help. Because, on the other end is that patient who needs medical help or mental health, whatever it is that the patient is experiencing. For the caregiver, I know that personally, I experienced that resistance or that um, inability to say, "Hey, I really need some help." I right. felt like it was being like I was being selfish and taking attention away from the person who was getting all the attention. Right. And so
1: I think it's important that we start focusing on those people. If you know somebody caring for somebody else, let's start trying to give support, asking what they need, supporting. And that's, that's you know just going to start. And maybe some groups can start out of that, the caregiving groups. I know they are starting a few of the caregiving groups. So there's caregivers for people who are ill, more ill, but then there's just caregiving as like a mother You know, I think that links to just general caregiving and how there's not that much value placed on staying home and raising your children, or even if you're raising your children and then also having to work. That's a huge issue for women feeling the pull, either when you're staying home, not feeling like the other aspects of yourself are being kind of nurtured, or if you're in your career, feeling like that's getting pulled
2: from that. I wrote about this in our women's anthology, The Women Living Consciously. And part of what I said in there, I'm gonna read some of it right now, is as the shock wore off, first of all, my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor, an inoperable brain tumor. So as the shock wore off and our lives took a major detour, anger and resentment scented. This wasn't fair, it wasn't the plan, and it wasn't our future. Cancer took center stage along with the seizures, pills, radiation, and chemotherapy. We had plans and goals, a life to live, and cancer was in the way. Forced to make a new life with our unwelcome guest, we tried to focus on our life instead of the cancer, but this ugly tumor was clearly the reason behind every decision, every goal, every breakdown, every argument, and every plan. So that caregiving really, when you start to care for someone who's ill, the illness takes the center stage and the relationship changes. It just has to.
1: So we just got an email in from Tanya. Thanks for emailing, Tanya. And she said she wants you to speak a little bit more on what you said about you feeling like you couldn't ask for help. Can you talk a, a little bit more about that and your conflict and what you would recommend for people to
2: do who are caregiving for other people? Sure. It's a very isolating feeling when... You're the caregiver because, like I said, everybody's attention is on the person who needs the obvious help. And for me, it was very difficult to say, hey, I need some help. I am really stressed. I'm having major anxiety. I have a husband with cancer. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I don't know how to do it. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. Everyone is asking me questions. I'm the point person for the illness now. And it's very overwhelming. Oh, and by the way, I'm trying to pay all the bills. So that in itself was so overwhelming. And then the thought of asking somebody for help was even more overwhelming. I did end up going to see a therapist for a little while who did help me, but it was on the down low. I didn't want people to know that I was needing help. I was supposed to be the strong one. Right. The caregiver is often seen as the strong one. So many times people would say to me, how do you do it? I don't know how you are doing this. And I would say, I don't know either. But guess what? If it happened to you, you would do it too. But reaching out for help is very, very difficult and it's not always understood. So
1: I think, you know, you're saying that you're supposed to be the strong one. I get that because people fall into certain roles. And I guess it's what would be so bad if it was like both of you were weak. Did
2: you feel like just everything would break down then if you were to open up that portal? Absolutely. <laughs> like Pandora's box. I was expected to be the strong one. And I imposed that on myself and other people expected me to do it too. So it wasn't just other people. I expected myself to be strong because here we were with two young children. No, you know, we didn't ha- he needed surgeries and, and it wasn't like I could push back on him. Right. But also, I
1: think a piece of it that pops in my mind, Sheila, is that it doesn't mean you weren't strong. It just means that you needed extra support. So you were very strong. And I think that's another thing that people need to be aware of. And maybe we need to change the conversation about that, because it's not that you weren't strong. You were so strong. You're dealing with so many things. It's just that you needed support. And sometimes asking for help is the strongest thing you can do. And and coming around, because I think you're right, I think people have a lot of expectations. And, you know, you put expectations on yourself, of course. It doesn't feel good to be upset or anxious and, and things like that. So changing that kind of, you're still strong if you need to ask for help. And, in fact, that's showing a different kind of strength. And it's okay to do that. Everyone out there listening, it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't mean you're not strong. It just means you need support so you can maybe recharge your battery and be even stronger than you were before.
2: What I found was that I didn't really even know what I wanted when I was asking for support because many times people are asking you, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And if you get asked one more time, what can I do? It's like, I don't know what you can do. I am so overwhelmed. I don't know. So when I meet people who reach out to me when a family member or a friend is in a crisis or you know, has a health scare or there's a death in the family. Sheila, what can we do? I said, just go. Just go over there. Bring paper towels, toilet paper, paper products. like Just go over with stuff. Right. Don't ask. Don't ask what you can do. Get over there. Look around. See what needs to be done and do it. Because That's that great. would be the best advice I have for somebody who's Wanting to help a caregiver, just be there and oh, don't ask. Just do. I, I
1: love it. Just go and do and and see again. That's looking and observing and trying to figure out, um, you know, what the other person needs. That's that's a great piece of advice for mm-hmm. sure. So that's a that's a great share. I thank you for that one um, for sure. Wow, that's a good one. Now let's connect real quick because we did talk about the navigating the career and motherhood, um, and I want to loop back around. For that um, before we close real quick and how difficult you know it can be to feel like we have all these roles you talked about the roles of a caregiver you know with dealing with a sick person but also just caregiving with somebody and feeling like we have to be all these things to everybody all the time women feel like I think it's career it's the way you look it's how you parent it's also
2: do you have something for yourself like oh my gosh bombarded bombarded with these different messages. And as our friend Diana said, is your house like pin, Pinterest worthy? Is that a word? Yes. <laughs> yeah. In the age of Pinterest and everything being perfect, in addition to trying to work and raise your kids, no wonder there's this high level of anxiety and going yes, around.
1: I agree, and I so I think it comes back to everything we've been saying: keeping things real, like keeping things real, and um, not focusing on what it looks like at the superficial level but keeping it deeper i think we actually have one more call we're going to take real quick karen from buffalo we want to hear from you buffalo
4: you there karen hi guys this is karen how are you good we're so glad you called in what's on your mind good i'm so i just love your show i think you guys are incredible your stories your strength you're inspiring us and teaching us and I just, I think you guys are awesome. Um I Thank just wanted you. to you comment on, on, well, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you <laughs> for helping all of us women. Um, I just, I wanted to comment on the therapy piece and how it is a strong thing to seek out therapy and it shouldn't be something that, you know, the caretaker um, certainly, of course, has this pressure to be strong, but it's actually really strong to go and, and dive into therapy. And I think people should do it preventatively. It is incredible. Um, and Steele, your story is so inspirational. And uh, I just am sorry that you felt um, that you had to keep it on the download. That must have been a very uh, challenging time. And um, I just, did you find therapy to be really helpful?
2: I did. And thank you for your kind words. I think personally, though, if, if you know me, you know that I'm a, I am ai come across as like a strong, independent, I don't need any help kind of person. So I understand that not everyone is like that. So for me, it was really difficult personally for me to seek help, but um, it did help me a lot. And I do recommend it for everyone. I think we are shifting more towards acceptance of therapy these days versus mm-hmm. back. 15 years ago, 20 years ago when I was going through this. But thank you so much for calling in. We're going to have to wrap up our show soon, but we really appreciate your comments. Yes, and everybody, go to therapy. Thank you for your strength in every way.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And uh, yeah, so therapy is good. Therapy helps people. And so that's just something if you've been toying around with the audience, go give it a gander. Check it out. And also, I would like to say that I think, you know, you got to find the right therapist for you or a life coach. Life coaches are fabulous, too. I'm a little biased towards that, but they're fabulous as well. And you just have to find someone you're comfortable with. So don't stop it. If you don't have a good experience the first time, maybe you do it again. Lots of great things happening
2: today. We're going to have to do another episode on these topics for sure. I know. And I did Pinterest my bookshelves, Sarah, if you noticed. (laughs) I'm really excited about, but that's the only Pinterest-y thing you'll see in my house. And I love how I can use Pinterest in it, like verbs and adjectives and all that stuff. So what a great show today. We are thanking you so much for tuning in. We hope that you are feeling empowered and inspired and ready to assound your your boundaries. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn at Fab Empowers. Join our tribe of fabulous women and fab this forward by sending this broadcast and sharing our pages with other fabulous ladies in your life. Thank you so much. Fab it up. Till next time.
0: Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Life from Flat to Fabulous. Be sure to join Sheila Turner and Sarah Kartner again next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Influencers channel. Until we talk again, make it a fabulous week.